0: I'm Nish Kumar. I'm a stand-up comedian and I'm obsessed with two things, politics and myself.
1: And I'm Coco Khan. I'm a journalist who is maybe not so obsessed with Nish, but I do care about politics and figuring out how it can work better for us. How do you think
0: it can work better for us, Coco?
1: Well, I think we need some solutions.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk to some of the biggest experts in our new podcast, Pod Save the UK. So we uh, we have borrowed this idea uh, mm-hmm. for this podcast uh, from uh, the United States. And by borrowed, I mean wholesale stole. Yeah. And if there's one thing British people like to do, it's go abroad and steal ideas yeah, and resources. Yeah, but then we
1: tell them that they liked it and it was their <laughs> idea. It's just what we're going to do now, really. <laughs>
0: So the uh, the originators of this idea are the hosts of Pod Save America, uh, a group of ex Obama staffers uh, who have set up the podcast network that we are now part of. Um, in possibly in reaction to finding out they were living their worst nightmare after the in the lead up to the 2016 election, um, they are uh, John Favreau, Tommy Vietor, and John Lovett. Hello, everybody. Hello, America. Hey guys. Great to hey. be here. Thanks this is exciting. For
2: I think if
3: you really were going to uh, do it in the sort of true uh, uh, U.K. practice, you would come to America, take our podcast, and then put it in one of your museums.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow you, you, jo- you joke about that have you seen Mark Marin recently no that's because we put him behind glass in the British Museum nice. he's just frozen that's there cool. yeah exactly we, we're coming for Rogan actually you can keep Rogan yeah, 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 we're fine with you keeping Rogan <laughs> you know, the, the supplement bill would be
2: too high for you guys
3: put him in the Ashmolean with the last dodo
1: gosh wow we're getting some references in I here I'm feeling know very that. threatened yeah, yeah,
3: was, where'd oh, you get gosh, that from right that's Whoa. right. Hey, that's right everybody. Oh my goodness.
1: Buckle up. I know three things. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Just like on the podcast <laughs> yeah, we do. Exactly.
1: <laughs> okay, all right. Well, gentlemen, gentlemen, um let's 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 cast our minds back. Mm. Let's think back to mm, 2017, which mm. was only 6 years ago, which is feels like I guess time really does fly when you're suffering very deeply. Um, (laughs) And that was the year that Trump was installed in the White House. And that is when you fine gentlemen decided, no, I'm not going to give up on my progressive dreams. No to marijuana farming. No to starting a yoga retreat. I'm going to do politics. So um, (laughs) I guess I just wanted to ask, uh, what were you saving America from?
4: Yeah, I mean, look, in in, uh, 2016, we thought that uh, Hillary Clinton's freight train of a candidacy would... uh, (laughs) Would uh, win, and that uh, podcasting would be some hobby of ours.
3: But then, much much like most trains in America, it derailed. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: I think it
0: is I'm genuinely impressive that Love It has started with this energy, given that it is I breakfast like it time in America. Like we are still dealing with the toxic fumes. Yeah. <laughs> You've, you guys have come out spicy, and I respect it. Okay. Uh, yeah, so th- when Trump won,
4: the three of us decided um, there wasn't a real counterweight to the Murdoch Empire and other right-wing propaganda outlets. So um, we decided to start Crooked Media and uh, and Pod Save America, which is the podcast. But you must have
1: had an idea in your brain. I mean, I know it's very... (laughs) I feel like I'm going to say, what were you saving America from? And you're going to say Donald Trump. And like, okay, yeah, we we can accept that. But there were other things there, right? There were other things that were concerning you, that were growing. I just wanted to hear kind of what those things were and how far you think you've come.
3: Yeah, I mean, we... Trump Trump was a symptom, right? For someone like Trump to get within 100 miles of the office of president meant that a lot of things were broken. And we started Crooked Media mm-hmm. not because we like felt like we knew what, what needed to happen or even that we had any idea how to save America. It was sort of a joke. The name was supposed to be a joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was that we felt like there were a lot of people trying to figure it out. And we thought the answer was going to come from Progressives deciding not mm-hmm. to give up and not to become cynical, but to turn their sense of frustration and their anger and their uh, anxiety about what was happening to the country into actual positive engagement and activism.
4: Yeah, I think, I mean clearly you guys have noticed as well, the uh, rising tide of uh, authoritarianism all over the world um, is uh, pretty scary and has been for some time. And the antidote to that is democracy. But for democracy to work, you had to have people participating in democracy and paying attention to politics. And there's a lot of good reason for people to be cynical about politics uh, Mm -hmm. here in the U.S. and all over the world. And so we hoped that instead of another media organization that you know, kind of fed people cynicism about politics that we could actually help people understand not just what's
0: broken but what they can do to fix
1: it. Mm, mm -hmm. I hope you're taking notes, Nish. This is basically (laughs) a job description they're giving us here.
0: I I don't know. You're the journalist. I'm just here for my raw sexual magnetism.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I see. Okay. (laughs) So I'll be sending that to hr at wicked.com. Thank you for for that. (laughs) Um,
0: How important was sort of making a kind of solutions based approach like not just sitting there and diagnosing problems but actively i mean you guys have been involved in lots of different campaigns to get the vote out in various elections how important is a kind of solutions based focus for you guys incredibly important i mean i think you guys have seen
2: that the republican party has an easier job like the tories do Because they can run down government. They can say it's ineffective, it doesn't work, let's just cut taxes, let's give everything back to the people. Uh, And then when government fails because it's been underfunded thanks to austerity or budget cuts or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. they say, aha, I was right, I told you. So I think we're fighting against Republicans but also against fighting cynicism that comes from seeing these kind of failures. And we needed to try to find a way to help people think, okay, I have agency here. If I get involved, it will matter. I can actually make a difference, especially if we do it at scale.
1: In the years that you've been doing it, what's been the most surprising solution?
2: I mean,
4: we have been surprised by how many people have not just listened to the podcast and a lot of our podcasts here, but have signed up for, you know, we have an um, uh, organization called Vote Save America that's part of Crooked Media where we sign up people to not just register to vote, but volunteer, knock on doors, make phone calls. And we've had like hundreds of thousands of people do that, and many of whom have never participated in politics before in their lives, but are now because they are genuinely worried about sort of the direction of the country and the world.
0: Yeah, we're about to have our first batch of local elections, um, which voters will have to bring ID to vote in an election, which is the first time that that's happened. And perhaps unsurprisingly, a lot of the ID is weighted towards ID that is available for people over 60. How much do you think that there is a kind of contagion going on between our two countries and has been for like the last kind of seven or eight years where the sort of conservative parties have kind of been idea swapping? Oh, I think there's a lot of it. I I think
2: there's conservative idea swapping uh, in a lot of places like there's an organization called CPAC here in the United States where the most right-wing sort of faction of the Republican Party gets together and has like a horrible racist little festival uh, once a year they've exported CPAC to uh, Hungary uh, and I think Viktor Orban might have dropped by they've been doing it in Brazil under Bolsonaro so I do think there's a lot of like right-wing coordination happening uh, and exporting of, you know, best practices when it comes to culture war or voter suppression or whatever it might be.
1: I would love to say that we'd see that here, but our own Keir Starmer won't go and join our own progressive groups yes. on, this, on the picket line when they're protesting against climate crisis. So I don't know. It would be a fun party, though. Maybe that's something we could organise.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I like what, it's it, as three people who are politically engaged and interested in global events. I'm interested in your perspective on what you think the UK needs saving from. I I look over at you guys and your politics and
2: I see a Tory party that is and probably should be reeling after Boris Johnson and Liz Truss and now Rishi Sunak hopefully is on its last legs, but... They seem to be deciding, okay, are we going to fully expo- exploit culture war issues like the American conservatives yes. have, or are we going to take a better path? I also see labor trying to figure out its identity. Um, it seems like they know they're sitting on a lead, and they're trying to decide, uh, are we going to be big and bold, or are we going to be cautious as we go to the next election when is like May 2024? And then there seems to be this question of like, okay, what do the Lib Dems and what do the Scottish National Party do? How do they play spoiler? Um, and how could that sort of change everything?
1: It's a really challenging time. I mean, I, my concern is about whether the Labour Party will lose its kind of core voter base by playing it safe. Mm-hmm. You know, like in Silicon Valley, it's like innovate or die. Like playing it safe is, is fine and maybe that will work and maybe that will be enough. But there are outsiders coming up with ideas that are more exciting and interesting and I don't think Labour can take for granted. It, it particularly takes for granted it's kind of like urban young people, particularly takes for granted it's POC votes. Um, so the play it safe thing I think you sort of hit the nail on the head they're trying to figure out what they're going to do I really hope they don't do that
0: There's been a narrowing in the opinion poll so Labour have have had this huge lead Mm -hmm. because of the kind of double whammy of Johnson & Trust, uh, and there's been uh, narrowing because of uh, a sense that Sunak represents a more competent leadership of the Conservative Party, but he is still uh, pressing the culture war button over and over again. So we're currently there's a big focus on what they call small boat crossings. So uh, boats with refugees in them being, uh, people traffickers bringing those small boats mm-hmm. and them landing on British shores. And the, the use of the phrase small boats has become our version of Trump's, the caravan of migrants mm-hmm. that was being mm-hmm. driven up to the border. It, it's being repeated over and over again. And, in it, you know, there's also been this emphasis on um, grooming gangs and actually... Yes. Uh, Rishi Sunak has kind of is leaning on Suella Braverman, who is the Home Secretary, who is basically represents the hard right of the Conservative Party, and she has been saying some things that are considered racist by members of the British Conservative Party. And I cannot tell you how far you have to go yeah. to be considered racist by a member of the British Conservative Party. But she has sort of she's saying things that her own office is contradicting in terms of their. Evidence basis. But- so,
1: um, you know, I said to you earlier that I'd like to introduce you to some English phrases. Well, one I think you should know is um, a very historic phrase that we use here in Britain, and it is chat shit, get
2: banged. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's the
1: phrase. <laughs> it's true. And what and I, I promise, I, I mean this genuinely there is a lot of chatting shit in yeah. politics, a lot of flagrant lying. And not enough getting banged, and I think really the general public. And like, I'm serious. I feel like people need to see some um, consequences to the constant lies. Like the public can see through it. The small boats thing is a really good example. It plays well with their hard right base, but it's polling terribly with the public. Same for the grooming gang stuff. It's it's polling really bad. Not that I care about their polling. I mean, guys, keep lying, make a fool (laughs) of yourself. It's fine. But I do wonder about this, the corrosive element, and what it will do to how we do politics if this is the tactic that we take. We're just going to lie, 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 lie all the time. No consequences. Tell you what, Okay, let's agree. Pod Save campaign number one, Hmm. Politicians get banged. What do you
3: think? <laughs> I think that means something different over there. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, mean, I do wonder about that. Yeah, I You know... Uh, I don't think they're a lot... I mean, well... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talking shit and getting banged is like a good Friday night over here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, the, the the thing that you've... How do you guys it, mean getting banged? <laughs> we <laughs> we just well, Yeah, just It meant something very different when Boris Johnson was Prime Minister. actually right. get banged definitely meant something different when he was Prime Minister. <laughs> but um, I think what Coco is saying is there needs to be more public consequences oh, uh, for oh, the lives yeah. that Yeah, told. okay,
1: so get, get, get banged. So, get,
0: get banged literally means get beaten up. Get
1: beaten up. Oh, oh beaten right. up. And up, and be up uh, yeah, yeah
0: beaten
3: up. up. There's a, there's I see. A, <laughs> well, that can be part of it over here. Here too, depending on what you're interested in. But yeah. um, I, think, I think we
2: found an episode title. Yeah, right, we say "poke him in the eye," then "fuck him," <laughs> <laughs> and that means something very different. That's true. I, I,
3: I mean, I, it's interesting that what you're saying though, because I think we we went through. We have a, we have a similar dynamic we've had, you know, they go on about the caravans and uh, there's meth in the Skittles and there's all these news cycles <laughs> yeah. over here of conservatives trying to jump up, drum up fear and get their base all riled up. And actually the the press falls for it. There's a lot of like, in, you know, Democrats worrying about how effective it's going to be. But we've had a couple elections where the kind of caravan right wing fear mongering on immigration hasn't really worked for them mm, when mm-hmm. it actually came to to the vote. And I wonder if you're feeling like there's, gonna, there's a similar dynamic
0: hopefully playing out uh, over there. Well, the concern is, yeah, it, it, it is pol- it's polling very badly. And despite the gap narrowing, there's still a big lead for Labour in the opinion polls. But the concern here is more closer to what something Tommy was alluding to, which is Labour needing to be bold. Mm. And I think the problem at the moment is it's very difficult to articulate fully what the Labour Party stands for. Yeah. And there is a danger. In 2010, David Cameron basically sort of ran a campaign against, at that time, a very unpopular Labour government. We were mied in the absolute depths of the financial crisis. But he ran a campaign basically on, I'm not Gordon Brown and I'm a cool Tory who likes the Smiths, which (laughs) later it turned out he did like the Smiths, but just sort of Morrissey's more recent stuff. But he, at the time, (laughs) there wasn't any sort of, cohesive vision for what he was going to do with the country. Yeah. And he managed to not win that election. Like he did win it technically because he entered into a coalition with the Liberal Democrats that ended up being quite sort of politically fraught and mm. damaging. And he basically only got out of it by promising the Brexit referendum. And so the the fear here is that it's possible to win an election and not win an election. And like if Labour can't do enough to animate their base and offer the offer something to the public. Yeah.
1: I completely understand why a lot of people feel disillusioned with the Labour Party. Uh, I mean, I personally have been very supportive of the strikers. I... Don't see why they couldn't have uh, people in the shadow cabinet sort of stating their support for it. I yeah, didn't this think is, that we, was a we've big We've kind deal. of been
0: gripped by basically a national strike effectively over the last three months, just a string of different industries and all across the public sector. Uh, at the moment there's been a junior doctor strike, there's also been a train strike, so it, it, it's been a really interesting thing to see the Labour Party, which is a party that formed out of the trade exactly, union movement, yeah. seem to be keen to distance itself from striking trade unions. And
1: yet again, going back to the polls, the public tend to support the strikers, particularly when we look around the NHS. I don't think it's too much of an exaggeration ish to say that the NHS is kind of sacred to us. It's probably the only thing that we have in the UK that we like all agree on, we all like, we all want to support, you know, not the monarchy, certainly not <laughs> Manchester United. <laughs> no, like That is the one thing we really believe in. And so it has been sad to see Labour play it so safe that they might actually... Alienate themselves from the people that would ordinarily be on their side.
0: Is there something we can, like, is there something the Labour Party can learn from? the biden campaign <laughs> <laughs> well listening to you guys talk about this i was like man
4: the the similarities between our politics and your politics are striking because yeah. <laughs> the conversation you know is the democratic party bold enough does it stand for anything is a conversation we've been having in this country for the last uh, 20 years as long as i've been uh, in I politics 200 yeah, yeah. <laughs> right and there is something about i think left left of center parties all over the world right now where they sort of exist now in opposition to this sort of right-wing authoritarian impulse that's sort of taking over conservative parties all over the world and because there's now such a big umbrella that uh, the, yeah that the left center center left parties have to like you know, appeal to so many different people, so many different constituencies, it's become harder to have an identity with these parties because mm. the right wing parties have like a shrinking demographic of people that they represent. Mm. So they're more homogeneous in their <laughs> values and their beliefs. And for center left parties, it's just much more difficult because you're representing a much broader swath of people.
1: Mm. I feel like we're going to end up having the same conversation about electoral reform soon. Do you know what I mean? Do you remember that time when the Conservatives and the Lib Dems went into bed together and David said "All right, let's have Brexit and Nick said only if I get a bit of AV (laughs) and we had that vote and lost I feel like actually our system first past the post is maybe at the heart of this problem we've
0: we've got we've got we've got an antiquated electoral system, which I don't know if that's something you guys can relate to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I don't know if there's there's any way you could meet us halfway on having an electoral system that's not fit for purpose anymore. Yeah,
2: that'd be nice.
3: Well, at least, I mean, you have have the ability to have multiple parties and you can have an election when people really hate someone as opposed to over here where we have to hate someone for years before we get a chance to vote them out. I actually wanted to go back, though, Nish, to your Original question about sort of what we kind of observe from over here and, and what I because you brought up the National Health Service and, and what I would have said a couple years ago is one thing that you would hear in the US about about UK conservatives is look how big how big a difference there is between American conservatives who attack any form of public health care as socialism and uh, conservatives in the UK who because of its popularity have to talk about their support for the National Health Service, uh, but it seems like that may be changing in certain ways that there the that, that sort of the door has been opened up to more kind of uh, uh ways for for f- to undermine the national health service and i'm wondering how that's playing out and whether or not the labor party's taking up that mantle
1: i mean how it 's playing out is not very well it's playing <laughs> out really, really badly everyone's very sick um, the the The, the <laughs> pandemic was terrible
0: it's not good I, and over the winter because of a shortage of hospital beds, they were treating patients in ambulances um, in the parking lot, which then led to an ambulance shortage that then led to people, you know, having to wait two and three hours for an ambulance. And this is... All of this comes back to 13 years of uh, underfunding the service. And they've done something very clever where technically they... Every year since the NHS has been around in existence, they ha- it has received increased funding, which makes sense, right? You have mm. the NHS, you keep more people alive, you have to put more money into it. But the Conservative Party did something very clever where they reduced the percentage increase but still technically made it an increase. So they've been able to technically say, we are putting more money into the health service, but in real terms, it amounts to a real terms cut in the funding for the service. so Mm. And there is all sorts of talk now about the only way to save the NHS is with the involvement of more private companies. Rishi Sunak said that in an interview that the potential future to help the NHS will be more involvement from the private sector.
1: I, I guess the question is whether the Labour Party is the only party that can be trusted with the NHS when you ask people on the street what are you worried about NHS is number one number two is cost of living crisis I'm sure you've heard everything's in England is very expensive <laughs> um, we have the highest energy costs in the world I think it might be um, if you look at the kind of are poorest you're actually better off being poor in slovenia than in the uk because of the standard of living is so bad and you've got the squeeze middle class as well so those are the things that people really really care about brexit everyone's forgotten about or maybe we're all just traumatized and we don't want to talk about it anymore (laughs) and i was curious to what extent you know just quality of life cost of living money people making money was on the minds of the average working american as well
4: oh yes it's the Top issue for most voters: inflation. Right. Here has been yeah. a problem for the last several years. But the only the other couple issues now that have been competing with cost of living concerns, which are still top of almost every poll, are um, abortion access because we have a right. Supreme Court that decided to take that away, and um, and democracy concerns: people concerned about um, the Republican Party extremism, Donald Trump, and and uh, sort of the threats to democracy mm. here
2: now. A question on your NHS comment. I noticed you shipped your uh, health secretary to a random island in Australia and made him eat bugs as part of a reality show. <laughs> was that an effective way? <laughs> this is Matt Hancock, I believe. Did that help your problem? You're still
3: sending prisoners to Australia?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was still going on. I think Matt Hancock is a future prisoner. Oh, I am currently I an MP. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I... Yeah, when my family were over from abroad over Christmas, I felt like, and they saw the country in the condition it was in, it felt like somebody who runs into you when you're drunk and you're like, Jesus Christ, you did not, you're not catching us in our best year. But yes, (laughs) Matt Hancock, who was the uh, health secretary uh, during the pandemic, whose handling of said pandemic is I mean, at best questionable. He actually uh, ended up having... He ended up having to leave his post uh, because he was caught on CCTV violating uh, social distancing rules by having his hand deep in the ass crack of a lady who turned out to be his mistress.
3: So, so he then... Yeah. yeah, so he then...
0: He but were then they answered, wearing masks? <laughs> <laughs> Not what you think? You know, I, 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 uh, I think at one point, maybe a defence was bandied around. You can't catch COVID from the butt. I don't know if that was bandied around. I can't legally prove that. It was that. amazing. Sure. I
1: mean, if you ever get a moment, there's some really good kind of... Um, Compilation videos on YouTube. He he he. Pretty much went onto that show to uh... yeah.
0: He, yeah, this is a, so he went onto a reality TV show called "I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here," which films in Australia and where they do survivor like tasks yes. where they have to eat bugs and stuff. So all of what you've said, mm. dispiritingly, as a British person, is one hundred percent accurate.
3: One thing that was very one thing that I uh, was it was uh, I was slightly jealous of. Is you had this scandal around Boris Johnson and social distancing and some sort of a birthday party, and it was just adorable the way people seemed to really care, and there were consequences right. for people's actions. They 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 got banged as it were, yes. and uh, uh, because because over here, yes. because here in the United yes. States of America, our president Donald Trump just forswore forswore social distancing while he had COVID tried to kill Biden, nearly took out some of his closest advisors, basically on purpose. And, and, he's, it, a, and he's
4: a coin flip away from winning the presidency again. Yeah. <laughs> and,
3: and, and sure, he may end up in prison, but not for that.
1: <laughs> well, actually, this, it's funny you guys mentioned that because I came across a study recently. It's only just been released in the UK. They are some Australian social scientists, and they compared the impact of lying between America, Australia, and Britain. And what they found was that uh, Australians would change their vote if they found that their person lied. British people seem to show the same signs, but not in the States. And I was curious if you felt that to be true.
2: Nar. (laughs) 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 That's really interesting. uh, The three countries you mentioned there, because normally I would blame conservative media, but those are two, the three countries that are like, owned by Rupert Murdoch you know if you look at the sort of Australian newspaper ownership he owns like yeah. two-thirds to three-fourths of them or something so uh, yeah no I don't think there's much of a cost for lying anymore it's incredibly yeah. frustrating I think that believing our politicians are dishonest
4: is sort of built into our political culture yeah it's a cynicism <laughs> yeah. and so yeah it is it goes back to the cynicism and I think people from both parties and increasingly people who don't feel comfortable in either party in the United States which is a grown number of people just look at leaders everywhere and is like oh yeah they lied that's not something i I'm not yeah, the, um, the Facts are getting
3: banged. There's also um, I also just they're getting the facts keep getting banged, and also the the I really appreciate you are
1: using that so wrong, yeah, that and I'm there. really enjoying it. Oh, I'm Thank you. A blast. Okay. Thank you.
3: All right. Well, what do you want to do about it? We've, we can, we can fight. We can fight another war. You'll lose that one too. Oh gosh.
1: Um, I thought this was meant
3: yeah, to be these are, What to this these,
0: these, aren't, these aren't
3: these aren't the Falklands. All right. You can't just assume you're gonna win.
0: Oh, oh, a yeah. Falklands bird. That's, on? Deep. <laughs> <laughs> that's what two. It's
3: that's two. That's my second one. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, but but what I was going to say is, your there's a culture. It seems like there's a culture where where people are expected to and actually take part in really hard questioning. You have question time. You have people bickering and ask, asking each other questions on the floor of the parliament. And we just don't have that. A lot of our a lot of our especially conservative politicians they go. Weeks, months, even years without facing a hard question. Like nobody, if you ask Ron DeSantis a tough question, he physically Mm. shuts down. Yeah, yeah. We would kill for PMQs.
0: Well, that well that leads me on to what I was about to ask you. Is there one thing from the British political system, if there was one thing that you could import to the states, what would it be? Would it be PMQs? I
4: I think it's very cool that um, when your party wins then it gets to implement their agenda <laughs> we don't we, don't have, we that. don't have that we don't have that here like it's like you don't have you don't have like a Joe Manchin or a Kirsten Cinema just like holding up the whole agenda when the entire rest of the party and banging your and, agenda, um, yeah, banging your agenda. Uh, still probably not. I don't think that's right. Still, still. Not, accurate, still not right. This uh, is great. Uh, you. Like you have a majority of the country. They just they went out. They voted. They installed a government. It's a, it has majority support. And then like two senators just hold up the whole thing. I think it's very cool that you get to implement your agenda if you get if you win.
1: So, can I ask you about the special relationship?
0: Mm-hmm. Not as not
1: which is obviously um, on thin ice at the minute with all these <laughs> Falk, Falkland references. Yeah. Don't you know where love to is go? love it's
0: one more deep burn away from <laughs> yeah. me restarting the revolution. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: um, but do you think it actually exists, or is it bigger in our mind than perhaps yours?
2: I think it exists. I think there's no country with which you know lawmakers are closer than the US UK. Relationship and that goes sort of like down the chain. There's like intelligence sharing, there's conversations, state visits, etc. I, re- I think it's a real thing. I will
4: just say I... that, and, and Tommy says that as the person who's responsible for moving the Churchill yeah. bust out of the Oval. When Obama was president, that was Tommy. <laughs>
2: I, yeah, I will say that your media, for some reason, just like, surfaces every insecurity possible about this. I guess in service of like damaging Barack Obama at the time, but like, yeah, worrying about a bust or you know whatever. It was very stupid.
0: Oh, when when that happened, a, uh, a, a local politician. Uh, said that it was because of the, uh, and this is his specific words, the part Kenyan president's ancestral dislike of the British Empire. Mm. And you know what we did to that man? We made him prime minister. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I recall. I mean, you know, you we,
4: Boris. we did make it up to you guys because um, Barack Obama did give the Queen an iPod. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck were we thinking? <laughs> oh my, it wasn't even so a good got, one. It was like and a nano. All's well that ends well.
3: Oh, what do you get the woman who stole everything? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, I always. Felt that the whole special relationship thing was like <laughs> that. that. That the, that the Americans say that to like every girl, you know what I mean. That's how oh, I always
3: felt. There is a there is a video <laughs> compilation of uh, President Obama in various uh, meetings in the Oval with different prime ministers and leaders from around the world, saying, "Wow, Denmark, you really punch above your weight. It's great to be here with It's great to be here That's with, the, with the leader leader of Poland. Poland really punches above its weight.
2: <laughs> Everybody punches above their weight when they're visiting. Let's see how special this is. Would you guys trade uh, Trump for Boris straight up?
1: Well, I mean, actually, the thing about Trump is that if he was our prime minister, he would be so repugnant to everyone; he wouldn't last long. So it might be quite kind of that's strategic to yeah, swap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wishful I, thinking. I think in
3: 2016. Yeah, must be, uh, must, be yeah. li- must be nice thinking that.
0: <laughs> we already
1: have it. We already have the Apprentice, and it's Alan Sugar. Like, I mean, yeah. what else can
0: please give us? I'm less I'm less sure about that. I think that, like, having seen the Conservative Party. Um, line up behind any leader possible. I've got absolutely no confidence that if we swapped Boris for Trump, everything wouldn't have happened exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, you know, uh, this is as good a place as any to wind it up on, especially on the subject of countries uh, that punch above their weight. And speaking as a country that is punching well below its weight, (laughs) we thank you very much for your time. God bless America. I guess. <laughs> sure. I, I guess. We're, okay. And, and right back at
1: you. Really, I'm so so touched that you didn't mention the monarchy once. I was dreading I, it. I'm not, I know. Like, oh God, God! They're going to mention the king. Here's they're the going the mo- the to They had
0: a laugh about how they gave the queen a fucking iPod. <laughs> I, have, yeah, I know. I, I, I do not
1: under uh,
3: you. I do not understand how you tolerate those people having all those rooms in Buckingham Palace. Get them out and turn it into apartments. <laughs> It's
0: enough yeah, but, but the problem is If if we got them out And removed them from apartments Because of the location in central London We'd be trading our royal family For the Saudi royal family <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: we, got, we got one last message for you guys
1: Uh-oh. Okay.
4: Hey Nish go. and Coco It's Joe Biden Here's the deal I was actually part of the original Boston Tea Party And threw your <laughs> shitty piss water into the harbour myself But let's let bygones be bygones <laughs> I just wanted to wish you the best of luck and apologize for love it making fun of your racist museums.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who did you get to do that? It Who took
2: a lot that? of work to get that from Joe because he was in Dublin. <laughs> yeah. But he, did ma- really? he did a voice He did ma- uh, a voice memo. I
1: really hope they auditioned people for that. That's, that's uh, what I want. That's AI, I- that's
4: AI Joe Biden. That's AI <laughs> Joe Biden. Okay. T- yeah. Tommy's the best practitioner of AI so, yeah. Joe Biden messages in so, the country uh, right the only now. pitch I got.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm an aging knuckleballer.
4: <laughs> uh, we are so excited for Pod Save me today. Me Like Like re- This is just, it's going to be very, very exciting.
3: And this was great. This was this fun. This was fun. We should yeah. do this more. We should do this more often. Truly. Right. A misery a loves check-in. company. You yeah. know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like you guys, yeah. We've all been living like a parallel nightmare. Next time you vote to sever ties with Europe or something, we should get together. <laughs> <laughs> I think the next vote
0: is I'm, us I'm, voting I'm to leave the Earth's crust. I'm not genuinely
1: winded by this attack. <laughs> <These> <laughs> attacks. I'm, not, I'm not even, I wouldn't even Consider myself a nationalist, but I'm getting ready <laughs> yeah. to, to send this to MI5. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do about these people?
3: Hey, question for you guys uh, Did they uh, find a new home for the corgis or bury them in
0: the pyramid?
1: <laughs> <laughs> like she's the, the pharaoh.
0: No, the corgis go in with her. You know, right. did not know that.
1: She is recently deceased, John. Okay. She knew that, right? Yeah, and may, and may
3: her memory be, be a blessing. Didn't Whatever. <laughs> Prince <laughs> Andrew got the corgis. Oh, really? Yikes. Yeah.
1: To hear more from John, John, and Tommy, subscribe to PodSave America.
0: PodSave the UK is a reduced listening production for crooked media. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. First episode drops on May the 4th.